Oxford from the inside. The good, the bad, but always the truth. Hi, I'm Mary. Welcome to episode 17 of Oxford from the inside. The good, the bad, but always the truth. Today we're joined by Siam and Immy. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves, starting with Siam? Hey guys, I'm Siam, um, second year chemist at uh, Trinity College. And also another interviewer um, for Oxford from the inside, but uh, Mary's taking the role this time. Uh, hi, I'm Imi, and I'm also in second year, and I do history and French. Perfect. So, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, today we'll be talking about what you can do during your gap year. So I suppose a really obvious first question is, why did you make the decision to take a gap year? Do you want to start this, Imi? Uh, so I'd initially applied to Bristol, but on results day, I had good, really good A-levels. Um, and I'd always wanted to take a gap year, but my teachers had discouraged me uh, because they thought I might have a bit of is issues getting into university with it. Uh, and they didn't really know many people who'd taken them before. Uh, but once I had the security of having my grades, uh, I wanted to give Oxford a chance. And I'd had exams for way too many years at this point, so I needed to recharge a bit. And I took both French and Spanish for A-level, and it was just a perfect opportunity, really, to improve both of those as well. Um, I'd say for me, um, so I didn't get into Oxford for the first time, and I really liked the Oxford chemistry course. I had lots of maths, um, and I wanted to continue doing my maths after further maths A-level and um, I was really close to going to Bath and it was in August a few weeks before university my friend Adam he said that I could go to university or um, I could take a gap year earn money for six months and uh, travel which I've always wanted to do and have the time to do lots of other things and whilst I'm here and then go to Bath next year and it's only a year later and I'll have lots of traveling to do and whilst I'm here, I could reapply to Oxford, which was the main, the main university I wanted to go to, the main course I wanted to do. And um, it, was, it was one of the best advice I've ever been given. It worked, worked out really well for me. It sounds like gap years were like a really good choice for both of you and that you really enjoyed your gap years. But what were your initial worries um, about taking a gap year? Siam, do you like to start? So the main worry um, that a lot of people, there's, two, I think the main worry that the universities have is that you're going to be out of touch with your subject especially if it's um a subject that requires you to do it like uh, frequently like maths or imagine languages if not all subjects um so i think if you're going to take a gap year you should use some of the gap year to um, keep up with your studies that's really important i know all of the admissions people i've spoken to have said that is like paramount and um so for me because i was reapplying i know the missions tutors have said to me as well that if the, what they say to people who are reapplying is that you should use your gap year to make your second application much much stronger um so what i did was um i revised a lot for my admissions tests which don't exist anymore for chemistry um and i made sure I was really on top of my A-level chemistry um, for the interviews, just like, because I'd done the A-level, I had my revision notes and just was like, made sure I was a lot sharper and um, read, like read into 
university stuff that was relevant to A-level content in case those things came up in the interview, which they did, and that really worked well for me. Um, so I really, I really tried to keep up with the chemistry and the maths because both of those things could come up in the interview. And my second turn of interviews uh, were much, much better than my first. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, the, and, and, and worries from students, I'd say, is that there's like a worry that you're going to miss out on like the hype train, if that makes sense. Like everyone, <laughs> doesn't make sense apparently. Um, as in, and I think university is very exciting and you don't want to be that one person not going and all of your friends are going to university and it seems like you want to join everyone and go straight into it but there's so much um if and if if you have a lot to do in a gap year and you really want to i don't i wouldn't let that worry of missing out you know fear of missing out um stop you don't know about you emmy um well so for me, I didn't worry so much about missing out because all of my friends were going to different universities anyway. Um, so, and I knew I'd, I'd have that experience the following year. So I don't think that's, that's something you should worry about at all. Uh, for me, my main worry was uh, how do I pay for the gap year? Uh, and am I actually going to be able to get a job? Uh, so I applied on results day, I applied to a teaching course, it's called a CELTA course. Uh, where you learn how to teach English uh, in Spain and luckily got an interview and got onto that uh, but my issue then was after that month of uh, the teaching course I had no full job afterwards uh, so it was sometimes an impromptu gap year can be a little bit stressful so it was quite a lot of worry um, there uh, but I did manage to find another job teaching in France afterwards but I was applying to jobs in because I did uh, French, German and Spanish. I was applying to jobs anywhere in the world that spoke either French, German or Spanish. Uh, um, but yeah, so I had no guarantee of a job uh, there. So it was a little bit of a worry. Um, but also um, I agree with Siam as well. I was a bit worried whether this would affect my entrance to university. So first of all, whether, um, so if I didn't get into Oxford, whether I'd lose my place at Bristol. So what I did then was I contacted Bristol and just checked that I could defer before I said I'd have a gap year so then my place was secure uh, so I definitely had something to fall back on there um, and I spent my year um, well engaging with both of my subjects both French and history uh, so again as Siam said as long as you continue to show engagement with your chosen course I think you can only really gain from a gap year. Also yeah, that's really Sorry, Mary. Um, in terms of like pragmatic advice for how to fund your gap year. So how I personally did it was um, I worked as a barista and I think my hourly rate was about £7.50. I worked for six months, uh, 30 to 40 hours a week. And I was able to use that to fund, I, to fund um, my travels. I personally chose to travel somewhere where it didn't cost too much besides the flights. So like many people, I went to Southeast Asia. I stayed there for three months. Um, and I did Camp America afterwards, which you, is, is like you work in a summer camp in America for two months. You pay £800 over in, in installments throughout the year. And then you get paid back that money whilst you're there. And then your visa lasts for another four weeks after Camp America. So I travelled for six months and worked for six months on a £7.50 hourly rate. And I think 
I'm not can't say anyone, but most people could try to find a job that pays um, pays that um, that kind of rate. I mean, at the moment, it's obviously harder to find a job, but I guess what I'm saying is that if you can, if you have a job that pays that well, and and you know you can have that job for six six months, do about 30 or 40 hours a week, you can do lots of things on your gap year with that with that job. Uh, and also for one thing is lots of people worry about getting universities incredibly expensive. That was one of my worries as well going in um, was actually how I was going to be able to afford just, well, with the, with the maintenance loan, how, how I was actually going to be afford, going to afford going to university. And that's one thing I was able to do on my gap year was to earn some money. And that way, when I actually came into university, I had a bit of a cushion. Um, so there was, I had less to worry about there as well. Oh, it seems like there's quite a lot of advantages to a gap year, I guess. You can make a little bit of money, but also have amazing experiences that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and you can take a break after your A-levels when your brain is completely fried, <laughs> which is definitely uh, upside, yeah. Um, so in terms of university applications, how much do you feel that your actual application improved through taking your gap year? Because obviously that's a very, very important thing to happen. Like That has to happen if you're going to get into the university post-gap year. Uh, so I think um, it gives you a whole new perspective, really. Uh, so I think with the break from academia, because before kind of just going through a, a factory and churning out students um, and this, it lets you actually take some time for you and to really find out what you enjoy because reading alongside A-levels, yeah, uh, you can do it. I did it first time round when I applied, but you can't really, there's always in the back of your mind, your essays or your, uh, you know, um, uh, your problem sheets that you've got to do. So when you're on a gap year, you have a bit of space uh, so you can actually fully get into your subjects a bit more. Um, so that I think it really improves your application. And for me, well, helpful for me living in, uh, in France, uh, given I was going to do French, but it also really helped me for my history. Um, because I took history lessons at, with the students at one of the schools that I was teaching at. Um, and that way I could see history a bit more from the French perspective as well. And they asked me about this in interviews. Uh, so I think it just gives you a little bit of something extra in interviews um, than the average A-level student. Amy, do you think that spending time in France and immersing yourself in that culture and in the language um, you know where it's spoken helped with your application and made you a stronger candidate yeah so it certainly helped with my French skills um, and uh, it's so in your third year you always have to do a year abroad anyway and everyone's language massively improves so I had the advantage of actually going into university already uh, with that with that experience so it was easier for me in uh, oral classes, even grammar classes. But what you can't do on a gap year is be complacent. You need to make sure that you do actually um, work a bit on, so I, I attended some French lessons just to make sure that uh, my writing didn't slip while I was doing a lot of French speaking. Um, it was often with French teenagers, so I was more French slang than proper French. So you do actually need to make sure you're, yeah, what you're doing is also a bit more relevant. Do you know if many students, languages students, take gap years to immerse themselves in that culture, in the language, in the countries that they're learning uh, the language from? 
So I know I know a couple who have, yeah, and also some who uh, have already lived in those countries as well. Um, so I, for instance, had lived in France from when I was five till I was seven, uh, but I know people who've lived in Switzerland or Germany or whatever language they're taking, or if they are actually French or German or Spanish to start with. Uh, so people come in at university at all sorts of different levels of, uh, of language. Um, but I don't think that's something you need to worry about if you're not taking a gap year as well, because there is always the year abroad and third year, which very much catch, catches you up to the same standard. That's really good to know, because I mean, I suppose there is pressure on language students. They feel like they have to do a gap year to like do the language and things. Because yeah. um, I was originally going to apply for French and linguistics, and I remember thinking that and it stressed me out a bit. But um, obviously not worry anymore but yeah that's good that they know that um and Siam what about you do you feel like your application improved during your gap year um yeah I'd say yeah as building on from what I said before yeah it improved massively um I think as you were saying and I know I know lots of people who took a gap year to reapply and they've all said that applying to Oxford or any university during uh, a time when you don't have your A-levels and they're finished it gives you so much more time to um do like revise for the application process and you you have so much time you perform a lot better because you don't have a levels at the back of your mind and in other ways my personal statement was a lot better in the second time round because i had two years of chemistry um to write about rather than just the one year um and it was like i just sort of went back to my old one and made it better um and i was able to yeah and i had a lot of time to um read around the subject um, which really helped um, in first term of chemistry definitely um, so it really yeah it really like I definitely felt I remember coming into university and there's a lot of things that um, I was like oh like I've seen these things before um, not at the moment you know the second year it sort of runs out but uh, yeah it did, it did help at the beginning because um, you just feel like you if, if you've done if you've studied your subject during the gap year you do come in more confident because you've done a bit of reading beforehand I guess a similar question for you as I asked Imi, do you think there's many chemistry students who have done a um, gap year? Um, I don't think so. So I think it is the, stig the stigma of, um, there is, I think there is a quite a, a big fear of um, uh, scientists taking gap years because if you, if you stop studying a science for a year, I'm sure the same for humanities, but there's a fear that you will like, be out of touch Having said that, I do know a few physicists and a few mathematicians who took a gap year. Um, and, and what they all did, including myself, is that we kept up with our studies. And as Amy said, like, don't try not to be complacent. So I was doing, I remember towards uh, the summer, like a few months before university, I'd go over past maths papers just to make sure that I was um, still on track, and, like still able to do those things because I be expected to do that at university um so yeah i mean i mean yeah not as many people but that definitely shouldn't stop you how i like i with like logic worked out that this was i think this is going to be a good idea for me it just makes sense i'm going to make sure that i'm not complacent make my application better and even though lots of people around me weren't wasn't doing that i thought i was going to go for it and i feel like if you feel the same that viewers watching then they should they should go with that instinct yeah, I uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. And the application process can be such a huge burden, especially when you're trying to do your A-levels. I remember um, finishing my interviews and being completely burnt out and like, and then I had mock straight away and it was just, 
I was just drained. So yeah, so it probably was nice to, yeah, mm. do, yeah. go through the application process. Yeah, exactly, recharge. Um, and yeah, tackle the application process with a fresh mind, um, for sure. And one thing as um, well, I think, is just when you come into university, you're so, you've had a year of not learning and you really appreciate mm. how much learning gives you. So I went in and I was really more hungry, I guess, to, to find mm. out more, so, yeah. That's yeah. I found I felt the same as well. It's so true. You like realize how much you like learning, and it's yeah. Like I think time away from studying does like and, and like with anything as well. Time away from it just like builds that uh, like re- makes you realize how much you like doing the thing that you do every day. Whereas if you yeah. do it every day, you can become a bit distasteful towards it for sure <laughs> that's good to know though because I know a lot of people say that they're scared that they'll go on a gap year and then realize that they never ever want to come back to studying again so it's nice to know that it's proof that you love what you do if you find that you want to go back to it so yeah that's really really nice but building on from that it is a gap year is really good as well if it if it shows you that you don't like what you're about to apply for and that you have other interests and then you apply for a completely different degree. And that's not a failure at all. That's actually a mass, like a massive, massive win. Because if you realise that you don't want to do the degree that you're about to apply for before you study it, then that's like, that's really good. Because a lot of people, a lot of people realise that as they're doing it. And they realise that for a lot of people, 18 was too young at a time to choose what degree they want to do. And they didn't really realise what was their main interest. Um, so I think like taking a gap year can give you time to check is this the right course. So like my friend, he's taking a few gap years and really wants to make sure what course he wants to do. He's Swedish, so in Sweden it's quite common for people to take a few years out to work out what degree they want to do. And he came across this mass and climate change course. He read a book about climate change and now he's dedicated to combat that. And even though like to a lot of people it looked like he was messing about for a few years, but I, he's now going to do a degree that's fully invested in. So um, those are the, that is a be- big benefit, like taking your time to choose what degree you want to do. Especially at Oxford, because it is such an intense workload. And if you don't genuinely love your subject, you will have a miserable time because you yeah. are working a lot of your time. So yeah, definitely. I think that's so important. Um, so yeah, you guys have sort of explained what you did in your gap year and you guys did a lot of traveling. But is there anything you can do in your gap year that isn't traveling? Like for the, um, you know, the whole year? I mean, I didn't really, so, I mean, uh, I didn't do what Siam did. Uh, so I, although I was abroad, I mostly, so I mostly stayed in two places in Madrid and in Northwestern France, um, doing teaching and then a teaching course. But, uh, so that's, that's more working really, uh, rather than traveling, even though I did get to obviously visit those places and around the area. But then I did, uh, I did then get to meet lots of people there who I got to go traveling with later. Um, so I think lots of people, they might not go traveling. They might just work. It doesn't matter where you work, uh, whether you're working in England, just, I know I met someone who worked as a tour guide, um, lived in the Lake District and worked in the Lake District as a tour guide. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have to do something. You don't have to go to South America or somewhere overly exciting in your gap year. You just have to do something that's good for you. Um, whether that's earning money to, to help you support yourself uh, throughout university, whether you just need a break from studying to do something else. You don't have to 
go to Thailand. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's not all about your gap yard, as everyone talks about, where they went to all sorts of amazing places. It just has to be somewhere where you get to take a bit of a break and get to know yourself more, get to know your subject more and have some different experiences that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, yeah, I personally entirely agree. Um, uh, how me and my friend who also took a gap year and he didn't travel at all, how we tackled our gap years were we wrote down like a list of things that we've always been meaning to do and now we finally have the time to do them. And I would say like use your gap year to do those those things. So like I've always wanted to ski. So I learned how to, um, I would like found a dry slope nearest to me, learn how to ski and um, then event like self-funded myself to go skiing. And um, I also wanted to read a lot of books that wasn't to do with chemistry because I knew that this was probably the best time, the last time I'm going to have to be able to do that which isn't true now that I've studied like, studied, like I've still had lots of time to do other things. But anyways, I still delve into my other interests. My friend, um, what he did was quite amazing. He, he really loves music and he fully delved into that. He taught himself how to sing, play the piano. And, like, and he really, he's always wanted to do that. And he's quite extraordinary at those things. He, he learned a few languages, I mean, not fluently, but he like dabbled into them um and like i think there's uh, any interests that you have i don't know but maybe you want to dedicate your time to your sport or your like learning a language or that like, you want to paint uh, any anything that you really find a passion for and you, you can use that gap year to do that it's so like because it's, it's just it's time for you to do stuff that you really want to it's like retiring but when you're 18 and you now have so much time to do all of these things that you've wanted to do before you have, before you go to university, before you have to study for these exams. And so, yeah, and, th and those, all of those things, and there's loads of things don't require you to travel. Um, yeah. So it's nice that there's not, not one set thing you should do in your gap year. And I guess it's really important to make what you want of it. Um, so that's really good to know. Um, and you guys, obviously, because you did do some traveling or you lived abroad, um, you lived independently and had that experience before coming to university. So how did you find that initial experience of living independently? Terrifying. <laughs> so um, I moved to Madrid and I was suddenly living with a 31 and a 32 year old uh, in a flat who were both Spanish and I had A-level Spanish, but still uh, there were things, uh, oh, I didn't know the word for dust, for instance, um, and or like teaspoon, and there were just odd words like that where I just look at them and just have no idea what they were saying. So that was a bit scary. And this is uh, also prior to uh, free roaming in Europe. So when I went, um, I had no contact with my parents or any friends, um, anyone I knew for the first three weeks uh, because the flat I had, they'd moved there as well and there wasn't any internet um, and my phone didn't work uh, in Spain or 
or it was incredibly expensive to send messages. So I had to sort out a new phone contract, rent, no internet, all of that uh, in Spanish, but without handy Google Translate to help me on my way. Uh, so that was terrifying. Um, but yeah, so now luckily there's free roaming in Europe. So that's a bit less uh, for you guys to worry about. Um, it's definitely a little bit of a shock to the system. Uh, but I think you just need to make the most out of every opportunity. Um, you're cooking by yourself, uh, you're meeting new people and just need to speak to as many people as possible and uh, try and stop you from getting lonely really. So just fully get stuck into life there, join local, I don't know, the local football team or your orchestra or something like that and just talk to as many people as possible. Uh, so that definitely really helps when you're living independently. Uh for me personally, I'd say there's like two main things um, that really helps living independently. Uh, one of them is that I realised how much I enjoyed like time to myself, and and that was completely okay. Like a uh, like you know that kind of idea of like oh you can't sit at lunch by yourself. I really or like go to a restaurant by yourself. I just realised very quickly that that made no sense, and sometimes I really like that. And when you're travelling independently you have this like constant choice where you're in this hub of like lots of social people that want to get to know each other because they're all traveling independently and you can join that or you can actually decide all oh, this evening I'm gonna like take some time for myself and and that's a very useful skill for university to be able to like that it just sort of dismisses that fear of missing out um and the other thing was that um there's a few things but li living independently and traveling um really helped with like being confident and meeting people and that really helped at the university and because especially because you're around people that um, also want to get to know each other very similar to first year of uni um i remember coming into university i found it very easy to go and talk to people because i've been doing that for quite a long time um and also if you if you were to live independently and go traveling things go wrong all the time and you really learn how to deal with that um and you're and you have this confidence and um ability to be able to fix like problems going like things going awry and then you come to university and i really wasn't worried at all about like the things that could go wrong at uni because they just weren't as traumatic as the things not traumatic but they weren't as difficult as the things that could go wrong when you're traveling so i remember everything feeling very confident thinking that my room was like like a hot like just like another hostel room but a private room where like no one can steal my stuff because there's like a locked door and people don't tend to steal stuff anyways in hostels but um but what i'm saying is that you i felt very confident coming into first year because of my experiences uh traveling um socially confident and internally secure yeah mm. But the Oxford College system is like a family anyway, so you've got a huge support network there when you mm -hmm. do actually arrive, um, both in college and university-wide. So, and there's Freshers' Week as well, which lets you get to know everyone, and the college is so small, so you don't just get to know your own year group, but you get to know all the way through, you know, up to fourth, fourth year's master's students as well. So it's really just a big family. Um, so if anything, I think more than preparing you for uni, a gap year probably prepares you more for life, really where you don't have that uh, family support network close by, but it certainly means you're ready to tackle absolutely anything when you get to university. 
Yeah, that's a really, really important point. You learn so many life lessons in that year, um, which I, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be confident to go and live in a country by myself with people that don't, like, I don't speak the language confidently and, you know, like deal with rent and things. So you guys have learned so much and it's so, so impressive to see. Um, and I guess that shows in everyday life at uni, I suppose, gap year students just seamlessly fit in easier than others who struggle and maybe feel homesick and things. So it can actually be a benefit to take some time to live independently before coming to uni to make that transition easier. So yeah, that's really interesting. And Immy, um, you said that you were doing the CELTA course while you were away. And that was around the same time as your admissions test. So how did you balance doing the CELTA course and preparing for your admissions test in Spain? Okay, so that's one thing that I probably wouldn't recommend doing on your gap year. <laughs> um, uh, so the CELTA course, usually it's done in about six months to a year, but ours was crammed into one month, uh, which meant we had incredibly intensive days and I was you know, working probably solidly from about 7am until 10pm each day. Uh, and with no internet at home for the first few weeks, I very much had to stay and work for that. Um, but yeah so Oxford interviews on top was a little bit of a struggle uh, I have to say but uh, it's meant that because I do a dual honours degree as well uh, which is quite intensive um, it's meant that I'm well quite prepared to do uh, a lot of things in time pressure so great help for time pressured environment although for anyone else I'd probably recommend um, taking a bit of a break and working towards your admissions tests separately. Because what I had to do is I was living in Spain and I rushed back, spent four days in England, took the admissions tests and then went off to France to start my new job. So all of it was a little bit stressful. Um, that's not to say you have to go home to take your admissions tests either. If you're living abroad in every major city, there are test centers. So you don't need to worry about that either. Just have a little bit of a break if you can. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really interesting. But it does show that it can be done. So if you are immersed in another project, you can fit that in alongside it. So yeah, that's really good. Really good to know as well. Um, so there's just a few summary questions that I'd like to ask you guys. Um, the first one is, overall, do you recommend taking a gap year? Siam, do you want to start? So I would recommend taking a gap year if, um, this is, I don't know if this helps, but if you want to, um, as simple as that sounds um, however if you do take a gap year and you want to make it productive and like even productive in the sense that you really want to enjoy it it does require you do have to be quite you do have to plan it out very well so um, if you don't plan the gap year well there is a there is a problem where like six months might go past and you didn't even notice and then those six months you won't get back I think a lot of us could relate to that with quarantine just happening. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, I think if it's going to take a gap year where it's to reapply or um, you want to do things that you've always been meaning to do or you've got better grades, I would plan the gap year so that you get as much out of it as, as much as you can. Because I do know people who took a gap year, they didn't plan, um, plan it out and the year did go by and they feel like they wish they'd done more. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, my gap year was 100% unplanned, uh, but yeah, I would agree with Simon that you have to plan it because if anything, it just makes it a little less stressful. Um, but I'd definitely say it's worth it from both an academic and a life point, a life experience standpoint. 
just because you do get that extra time to actually get to know your subject, see, find out whether you do really love it or whether it's just something that you thought you had to do all the way through. Uh, and that will really help you whilst you're actually doing it as well. Um, and then you're less likely to change course, I think. Uh, but I made some absolutely fantastic friends who I'm still in contact with. And it means I've got people now who I can visit when I'm abroad. Uh, I got to travel Europe with them uh, at the end of the year and just had a fantastic time. Um, so, yeah, I'd say make sure you get out of your comfort zone on, on your gap year. Um, whether even if you stay at home, do something different, um, broaden your horizons a bit, um, make that year count. Also, I want to say just for like, because there's a like, stereotype that students that take gap years are like uh, middle class students who like their parents fund their gap years, etc. And there's that like stigma and stereotype. But I wanted to say that me personally, um, my parents didn't fund any of my gap year. Um, like oh, I fully fully funded it myself and a lot of my friends I found out I come from quite a rough rough neighborhood and none of my friends went on gap years and I very much wasn't the stereotypical person to do that but I wouldn't I wouldn't let your background or culture or where you've come from or the fact that you don't have any money because you can go and try and find a job stop you from taking a gap year um, obviously like having that job secured beforehand feels more reassured we can find it during the gap year but um and as my friend um didn't like didn't work throughout his gap year and did things with his time newfound time um and didn't travel and just used his time to do different things you really don't need money to take a gap year and if you do you definitely can earn it whoever you are that's sort of part of the reason why i took one anyway was to earn <laughs> money for university so really there is no one gap year student at all. Whatever you do, however you fund it, it's, it's all about personal development, really. Yeah, that's really, really nice to hear. And I think that's really, really important. Because, yeah, like you said, it does have that rep of being like middle class people. Um, but yeah, no, anybody can take a gap year. And if you want to, just do it. Um, yeah, really, really good. Um, and what were the main skills you developed throughout your gap year that you could apply to your life at Oxford? Or at uni in general, I suppose. Um, well, a lot of my skills are teaching, um, which uh, I suppose is sort of coming helpful now because I'm on my year abroad and I'm currently working as an au pair. Uh, so that's part of my Oxford degree, I guess. Um, but just from a confidence standpoint, I taught, well, secondary school, but also adults from 26 to 67. Uh, so you really have to be confident teaching people who are older than you uh, and just having the confidence that what you're saying is right, uh, you know what you're doing. Uh, and I think the same thing applies to university. Have the, in essays, for example, you need to have the self-conviction to put down arguments that uh, you've come up with that you haven't seen in a book and find a bit more creativity and just have the confidence to do that. And I think just, yeah, a gap year probably helped me out with that uh, as well as uh, budgeting. So at uni, uh, it's very helpful to budget just to make sure that you've got enough money to go out with friends and things, but that you don't go into your overdraft as well. Uh, so that was very useful in my year abroad. Um, and yeah, just... Uh, sorting out things in a different language certainly helped my French as well but generally confidence I think is key 
I think, yeah, I, I was going to say budgeting, but it's fine. Uh, but budgeting did uh, massively help me. Um, and especially, I think, because in the way that I travelled, you can, uh, I really wanted to travel as long as possible. So I stretched out the money as thinly as one can. And I think that really helped at uni because I never really, I knew that, you know, like, I was always conscious how much I was spending, but in a non-stressed way. But I knew that if, if push came to shove, I would always survive because of like my experiences, my gap year. And um, yeah, I think like confidence socially, as I said before, and inner security uh, and like problem solving, like daily problems, because uh, I had had a lot of experience of that. Um, yeah, I can't think of can't think of anything else. Oh, and also because I'd spent the year doing so many things I've always meaning to do, I a had I a had time and to realise what kind of things I like doing. So when I came to uni, I had I was quite decisive in what societies and stuff I'd want to do but also open to new things but um but also um I had like less of like a fear of missing out because I felt like I got that thing off my chest with the gap year like had my time to enjoy doing lots of things and I was quite happy to still do lots of new things at uni but it was okay to like get get cracking on the studying now if that makes sense so it's like these are lessons not just for university but for your entire life like they'll help you through everything it's really really good um and then the last question um what is your top piece of advice or top pieces of advice for students who are considering a gap year um so just in a brief sentence say yes to everything uh someone asks you if you want to go somewhere with them say yes if you want to try a new thing just say yes really there's uh and it'll it'll work well for university as well um you just need to get out of your comfort zone and you really really won't regret it as long as you know it's well still safe or fairly safe (laughs) but uh never never be afraid of doing something even if you are at the start you might be absolutely terrified of going out and meeting new people or just trying something new but you absolutely won't regret it so say yes (laughs) I think um, just like to reiterate, even though we said before, but to make sure you keep up with your studies um, and improve the application throughout the year. Um, but also in, in, what, in building on what you're saying, Amy, I think in terms of pragmatic advice, I think if you're traveling and you're a bit uh, apprehensive of like your safety, uh, a good rule of thumb is to be out during the day and make sure that you're back into your hostel by night. And if you want to do things in the evening, there tend to be most hostels, people who will be going out to do stuff and then you can tag along with them instead of like going out by yourself. Um, if that's like, if like, if yeah, I know, cause I know lots of people who the idea of traveling scares them cause they don't like the idea of being alone. I think it's very different traveling around like uh, during the day compared to at night. So that's like, um, One thing as well is um, just try and make as many friends as possible. That way you aren't going out alone at night and mm. you do have a support system in place when you're there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's lots of advice, in t- things like safety and like how to travel like in a clever way uh, for your safety. There's loads of things online as well. Um, yeah, like you could, yeah, lots of advice from past travellers.
That's amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, so yeah, that's all we have time for today. Um, I really appreciate you talking to us about your experiences and your advice. And I think students will find this really, really useful. And I've learned so much as well. It's incredible. I might do a post-uni gap year. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so yeah, thank you for everything. Um, make sure to follow us on at Oxford from the Inside on Instagram. And we are Oxford from the Inside on Facebook, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and yeah, um, I hope you're all staying safe and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, take a look for take a look on the Instagram and all those other social media sites for our other episodes as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.